for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. You get a chance to sit down now. You're going through a series. Uh, the, the, the title of the series is, is what, please? Uh, well done. One, two, three. Things that impact Christians and can damage us and other people. And the subject that I got today was anger. Anger. Anybody here got a... No, I'm going to ask that question. No, no, no. Our reading is Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse number 26. Paul, writing to the church in Ephesus, says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. The word anger has different meanings to different people. Have you ever looked at somebody's face and thought, well, they must be angry? They just haven't got that kind of face that smiles and beams, they're perfectly happy. They just look angry. It's the way it is. It's their features, their double chin. My my granddaughter tells me it's cool to have a double chin. How cool am I? Bordering on the sick, I've been told by my granddaughter. Physical features sometimes can be deceptive. Physical features can sometimes give an accurate portrayal of what the person is thinking. Anger is really quite a strong, it's been described as the strongest emotion a human can experience. Anger. Things have happened for good because some people have been angry about a particular situation. Charities have been, have been started. Good work has begun because somebody saw something and they were angry. And they channeled that anger into a positive path. And so things have been resolved or improved or changed because somebody was angry. We can be watching something on the television or hear some news and it just washes over us. It's just the way it is. It's life. And sometimes we should be angry at what we see in our society, in the world that we live. Anger is not necessarily a negative, bad thing. But the word of God here is dealing with angry. And anger can impact our lives in a very positive way or a very detrimental way, a very negative way. God got angry. God still gets angry. Hebrews tells us, asks the question, who was God angry with in the Old Testament? The answer is those that did not have the faith to go into the promised land, he was angry. 
Jesus, in Mark chapter number 3, was angry. He was angry when he saw the lack of response of those people that should have known better about who he was and what he was doing. He was angry. Now, God's not sin, and Jesus doesn't sin, so anger is not necessarily sin. Did you notice in the verses that we read, in your anger, do not sin. That comes from Psalm number four, which is all about God's people facing opposition. In your anger about circumstances, do not sin. The first mention of anger in the Bible is a fellow called Cain. Had a brother called Abel. And Cain brought some offering to God. And God was not pleased. And Abel brought an offering to God. And God was pleased. And so Cain was angry with God and with his brother. Because his offering wasn't accepted by God. And so Cain was angry enough to go out and kill his brother. His anger misplaced, strayed into sin, and he murdered his brother. The word anger is interesting. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, the word that used for anger there is justifiable anger. Back to Psalm number 4, which is justifiable anger at the way God's people were being treated justifiable anger there's a surge of anger that we understand by that word you know ah then that's got to go but there remains in our hearts the anger of what is happening and why it's happening and we should do something about it but then at the end of the verse verse 26 it says um, and do not let your anger do not let the Sun go down while you were still angry. A different word there. That is the flaring up bit. Now at the end of today, we've got two choices. If we're angry today, if we're in that state of agitation and provocation and we're going to sort the world out and we're going to up there, you know, on the, on the level of whatever it might be. We've got two choices. Either we can deal with it Or we can stop the sun going down. I want you to think about that. Which is easiest? To stop the sun going down for some of us. This is what the Bible's saying. What's he saying? Don't dwell. Don't let that surge of anger, which is taking you somewhere different in your thoughts to not a good place, don't let that rest. Don't let that stay until tomorrow. Sort it out. Deal with it. Help God in your life to deal with it. But the anger about what's happening can still be there. That thing that's happened which is unjust and wrong... That thing which has happened, which has just got you off the scale in frustration and you just don't know what to do about it. Let those thoughts be brought to God before the day comes to an end. But the injustice of what's happened is still there. And it's that anger which is going to see that injustice 
dealt with. And then you get to Ephesians chapter number 6, which is the same used as the flaring up the anger. Dads, listen to this. I know it's not Father's Day yet, but put this in the bank for next week, fellas. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. It's the same way. Don't make them, don't flare up and deal with them in a state of agitation. Don't be provoked by them. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So there is a justifiable anger. And there is an anger which rises up, which will lead us to do things which we shouldn't do. We're out of control. We can't control our thoughts, our ideas. Have you ever said, I'm going to give that person a piece of my mind? Isn't that a funny phrase? Be careful how much of your mind you give away. You maybe haven't got a lot to spare. And which piece are you going to give them? What you mean is... I'm going to sort this. Get rid of that before the sun goes down. This is the word of God we're talking about. This is the air that we breathe. This is the bread that we eat. You see, anger can be a very positive or a very negative and dangerous thing. And maybe we can look back in our lives to things that we've done in anger putting up a roller blind yesterday afternoon with my apprentice it's my wife I was getting frustrated with a screw so I bounced it and then I had to get off the chair I was on to go and bring it back I didn't lose my temper but I was awful frustrated with that screw oh screws are terrible things you know I go into Risley Prison, you've got to be careful what you say when you go in prison about screws, but that's another story. <laughs> we've lost it. Said things we shouldn't have said. We've stepped from anger into sin. We've done something, we've stepped from anger into sin. God is telling us here to stop this side of sinning. But then at the end of the chapter, verse 31, God says, get rid of anger. That's human anger. The human response to things. Just get rid of it. Interesting verse, verse 31, it says this. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Get rid of it. Have you ever gone to the shed or the shed or the bedroom or the the man cave? The man drawer? Do women have drawers? Keep things in. Well in our house, I don't go in it. There's two things I can't fathom. A woman's mind and a woman's handbag. Both depths to which I don't want to descend. Sometimes we keep things we should throw away. I'll keep that bent screw. It might come in handy. I'll keep that broken elastic band because you never know when you're going to need one. I've got a spanner there that fits nothing. 
but I might come across nothing that it fits. So I'll keep it. Get rid of anger. Surgically remove it. Clinically get rid of it. Don't want to be there. This human anger which is not going to work for God. So then how do we respond when things are provoking us? Paul writes this in Romans chapter 12. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. So somebody's done something to hurt us and damage us, and that anger is rising up inside us. We stop, we go down to McDonald's and buy him a burger. We go to a health shop, buy him an apple. We feed them. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. So this person that's offended us, damaged us, hurt us, harmed us, what do we do? Well, we can either get retribution, revenge, or we can show them kindness. Friends, that's tough. In a family, when we've been provoked, and anger is rising, and things are getting out of control, and things are being damaged in our minds, We want to go and do that thing of revenge and teach them and show them. But instead we should feed them, water them. And in doing this, you'll heap burning coals on his or her head. You'll prick their conscience by doing that. That's in the Old Testament as well. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Oh, come on, you say. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't, that doesn't add up. Somebody's hurt me. Somebody's damaged me. Somebody's really put their knife into me. And I'm supposed to care for them and love them and show them compassion and help them. Yes, says God. Leave them to me leave room for God to deal with them pray for them support them help them bless them Hi, that's that's big that's big in the Old Testament there's a story about David And David's soldiers have been guarding a a flock of sheep owned by a fellow called Nabal. And Nabal's sheep have been looked after and cared for. They haven't been damaged. And then when the time comes for sheep shearing, David sends some of his soldiers to Nabal and says, would you be kind enough, would you be disposed enough to us to let us have some of the, the wool and maybe some of the meat you have left over because we were we were kind to you. And our soldiers, my soldiers, defended you. And Nabal says, no. Who do you think you are? So you looked after my sheep. So you cared for my shepherds. So you kept them safe. So what? 
I'm going to show you who's boss. And so he got those Metadel soldiers from David and he shaved half their beards off. And he cut their uniforms above their waist to humiliate them and send them home. And David looks out over the fields and he sees some men coming towards him with half a beard and half clothed. And David says, what's happened? We went there like you said and we talked to Nebel. This is what he did to us. Damaged us. Humiliated us. And anger rises in the heart of David. And he says to his men, get your swords and get your spears and get your shield. We're going to teach this man a lesson. And that's what he sets off to do. Abel had a wife called, Nabal had a wife called Abigail. And the, the shepherd said to Abigail, excuse me, miss, but this is the reality of it. When we were out there, David's army protected us and David sent some men to ask for some what's left or just some, something for him. And this is what Nabal did. And he sent them away. And Abigail sees she has to do something. And so she gets some gifts and she gets some presents and she gets something of value. And she meets David on the road and bows down before him. And she says, listen, my husband got it wrong. This is what David says. In 1 Samuel 25, 32, David said to Abigail, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you today to meet me. May you be blessed for your good judgment and for keeping me from bloodshed this day and from avenging myself with my own hands. Otherwise, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, who has kept me from harming you, if you had not come quickly to meet me, not one male belonging to Nabal would have been left alive by daybreak. David was angry. And he was stepping into sin. And Abigail comes and stops him. Abigail means beautiful, delightful. Nabal means a fool. And David's thankful for Abigail coming along and stopping him from stepping over the line. And the story goes on. And the story continues with Nabal being dealt with by God as Nabal has a stroke, it seems, and he dies. And David is grateful to Abigail for stopping him from stepping over from anger into sin. We should thank God for our Abigails. Those thoughts that come from God that stop us from taking revenge, getting our own back, seeking to put somebody in their place as we think they should be in. 
for those prayers that people pray for us that prevent us going down that path, for a friend who has a word in our ear that says, really, you shouldn't be doing that, for the Abigail who is the Holy Spirit of God that pricks our conscience and reminds us that leaving this with God is the best thing to do, and to stop from stepping over the line into doing something that God doesn't want us to do, and so we rest on what he is going to do with that situation. And so this morning, one thing that impacts our lives more than anything is probably anger. Anger at a set of circumstances. Just for a moment, let's think about Nabal, a fool. He didn't know what he was doing, really. He knew what he was doing, but he didn't know what he was doing. The word of God says twice in the Bible, the fool says in his heart, there's no God. And the person that doesn't believe in God will do things that they would do had they not believed in God. The person who has not God will do things that are against God, but we've got to recognize it's the fact that they don't know God that's making them do it. In a family situation, in a work situation, in a relationship situation. To recognize it's not them, it's the evil one having a go and working through them and to leave them with God. To keep showing that kindness and that love and that restraint that means we don't unleash the anger on them but we show them the kindness that God would show them and leave them to God for God to work in their situation. And believe me this morning, this has touched my heart in the past three or four days. When I wanted to go and get this person by the throat and tell them the damage they were doing, leave them with me. And you show them kindness. Yes, in the family. Yes, in the church. Yes, in the relationships. Yes. Just come to me. Yes, in the mirror. In the mirror. When you're so angry at yourself, I'm so frustrated with myself that I want to harm myself. I want to damage me because of my anger at me. God says, leave me with me. Just leave yourself with me. And I'll deal with you. In your anger, don't step into sin. Remain angry at the situation Remain angry enough to do something about that situation, but allow God to work in that situation and thank God for the beautiful Abigails 
the delightful things that come in and prevent us from stepping over the line and getting it all wrong. God is a perfect mix of anger and love. He won't get it wrong. Frustration might set in, it might hurt, it will hurt. But it hurts a whole lot more if I get involved and do what I want to do. And so this morning as we come to the end of this little time, some of us here angry. Right to be angry about our situation. And we're frustrated because we can't deal with it. And it's not going away. And it's going to be there tomorrow. And I don't know how to deal with it. And God says, leave it with me. You can trust me. Show that kindness. Show that generosity of spirit. Show that restraint by the Holy Spirit in us. And so this morning, I believe there's a tremendously challenging verses. And we are better off leaving things with a God that knows what he's doing rather than us charging in, making it up as we go along. May God bless his word to all our hearts this morning. Amen.